What's up, everybody? On today's show, we will continue our SEC team previews ahead of the SEC football season. Today, we're going to focus on the Kentucky Wildcats as we talk with Nick Roush from KSR. Also, we'll go around the conference as we touch on 24-7 sports, ranking all their college quarterbacks. Brian Kelly talks on his quarterback competition at LSU. Josh Heupel brags on Hendon Hooker. And Vanderbilt loses a defensive player for the season already. Locked on SEC starts right now. You are Locked On SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And what's happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. It's great to have you guys along. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making Locked On SEC your first listen every day. Remember, Locked On SEC is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and at LockedOnSEC.com. Let's jump into it. Let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Makes the handoff. Around the conference. And we start with 24-7 Sports as they rank their top 131 starting quarterbacks. And the top five featured three SEC quarterbacks. Of course, Bryce Young, the Heisman Trophy winner, coming in at number one in their rankings. Rounding out the top five, they've got KJ Jefferson from Tennessee, or sorry, from Arkansas, coming at number four, and Tennessee's Hendon Hooker coming at number five. So Bryce Young, number one, Arkansas's KJ Jefferson, number four, and Tennessee's Hendon Hooker at number five. Now, the SEC didn't have. Any other quarterbacks in the top 10, but uh, rounding it out, uh, in the top 20, you did have Will Rogers at Mississippi State coming in at number 11. You had Stetson Bennett at Georgia coming in at number 13. You had Anthony Richardson at uh, Florida coming in at number 14. Will Levis at Kentucky coming in at number 18. And Spencer Radler coming in at number 20. So... As you can see, uh, a lot of good talent in the SEC. If we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight guys in the top 20 of 24-7 sports rankings. But, uh, again, some people unhappy. You know, if you wanted to make an argument for Stetson Bennett, the guy who just won the national championship and had a fantastic season for Georgia, and he's back coming at number 13. I get it. Will Rogers, one of the leaders in passing yards last year in the country, coming at number 11. So, look, tomato, tomato, everybody has their own preferences, but that's where they rank them. But again, Bryce Young, number one, KJ Jefferson, number four, Hendon Hooker at number five. Over at LSU, Brian Kelly and the Tigers, they had a full scrimmage on Wednesday and uh, still looking to name a quarterback. Miles Brennan, of course, left the program, left football this week. Junior Arizona State transfer Jaden Daniels is battling it out with redshirt freshman Garrett Nussmeyer. Brian Kelly gave his thoughts after practice on Wednesday and said, look, in particular, I thought the ball came out of Jaden Daniels' hand really well today, especially off of RPOs. It was accurate. I thought Nussmeyer made some really good reads off of zone read action, which has been one of the things we've been working on. So in particular, those two things stuck out for each of them. We will see uh, who ends up winning this job. Some people think it's going to be Jaden Daniels. He has been a starter for a handful of years at Arizona State, has a lot of experience, has running ability. It would make a lot of sense. But Garrett Nussmeyer's a little bit of a gunslinger. He's a guy not afraid to throw it downfield, take big shots. 
And a lot of LSU folks like that in them. So we will see as that quarterback battle continues on in Baton Rouge. Over in Nashville, Vanderbilt head coach Clark Lee uh, confirming Wednesday redshirt freshman edge, edge defender Miles Capers is going to miss the entire season. He suffered a knee injury in practice on Tuesday. He was widely considered to have locked up a starting defensive end spot. And Clark Lee said, look, when our teammates hurt, we hurt, and we certainly hurt for Miles Capers right now. He has the full support of our program as he begins his journey back. Miles is part of the heartbeat of our program, and he will strengthen this team this fall through his presence and fighting spirit. Capers played just four games last year, but still considered to be the team's top pass rusher heading into his second year. He will likely be replaced by one of Michael Owusu or true freshman Darren Agu, who uh, we'll talk more on next week as we start getting you ready for Vanderbilt's season opener against Hawaii a week from Saturday. We got football a week from Saturday. How about that? Granted, Vanderbilt, first team from the SEC to get us going, but we'll get excited for that. Over in Knoxville, Josh Heupel seen a dramatic shift in Hendon Hooker from last season and excited to see what uh, he can do this year. Said it all begins with communication. And uh, the Tennessee coach was on Greg McElroy's podcast, Always College Football. He talked about Hendon saying, look, first... It just starts with his complete command of our football team and ownership and leadership, true belief in his ability to lead and communicate, and his energy inside the building is so different than it was this time a year ago, certainly when he first got here. He's continued to grow in his confidence because of the work he's put in offensively, just dramatically different, even from where we ended last season. He's got great command of what we're doing, gets out of bad plays, gets us into really solid plays, and has the ability to extend and make plays from protections to run schemes to do what we're doing down the field. Each chance you have to make that jump as a quarterback with his offseason habits, he has made a huge jump. Really interesting. Look, Hendon Hooker had a fantastic season. 3,500 yards total offense, ranked fourth in the SEC, fourth in Tennessee single season history. Josh Heupel says he's expecting more of that this season. He said fundamentally inside the pocket, ability to find a soft spot in the pocket and be able to deliver the football down the field. When we get the live game days, his ability to get out of the pocket and make plays with his feet is a big part of our success, too. It's a match made in heaven. Hendon uh, Hooker was outstanding down the stretch last year for Tennessee, and if he's taken as big of a leap this offseason as Josh Heupel says he is, look out, Tennessee. Maybe that dark horse, maybe we won't even say dark horse in the East. Maybe they might just be a team contending for the East. Step aside, Georgia, here come the balls. Meanwhile, over at Arkansas, a lot of fans excited in Fayetteville, and one big reason is K.J. Jefferson. Some people saying he could be a dark horse for the Heisman. Offensive line is set to be solid. Four starting linemen back from last year's squad, but according to ESPN's preseason power rankings, the Razorbacks should not expect the success they had last season just because K.J. Jefferson's back. Writer Alex Scarborough detailed Arkansas's biggest question mark heading into year three. How do you replace Traylon Burks? Of course, we've seen Traylon Burks catching passes for the Tennessee Titans in their preseason uh, going on right now. But uh, I get it. It's a big concern. Replacing his production going to be very difficult. They got Matt Landers coming in as a transfer. Jaden Hazelwood from Oklahoma combined to snag 11 touchdowns at Toledo and Oklahoma, respectively. Other help at wideout could come from Warren Thompson, the senior, Keytron Jackson, the sophomore. 
It's a big question mark, but you know I'm even intrigued to see how they're going to use Malik Hornsby. Will he be a pass catcher, a guy in the backfield? How will he be utilized with KJ in there? Will we see some trickeration throughout the year from Coach Browse's playbook? Going to be uh, going to be fun to watch both KJ Jefferson's maturity and who steps up. You know, we could say there's not a guy there, but somebody's got to step up for Arkansas, right? Be fun to watch that. Meanwhile, uh, over at Alabama, they are hoping to have alcohol sales inside Bryant Denny Stadium. A 6-to-1 vote approved uh, this week to allow the sale of alcohol inside Bryant-Denny Stadium. The application for an alcohol license was made by Levy Premium Food Service, the concession company servicing Alabama football games. The license must now be approved by the state of uh, Alabama's Alcoholic Beverage Control Board. That's according to AL.com. Beer and wine will be sold in the concourses next to most sections of the stadium. Except the student section, and alcohol will also be sold to fans in concourse lines, but not in the seating bowl. One member of the council voted against the measure, calling it a very hard decision. There was also one member of the public who spoke to the council against the measure, measure citing in part concerns about older students buying alcohol for underage students. Oh, my goodness. The SEC, of course, uh, loosened their restrictions a couple years ago on selling alcohol at athletic events. And those schools who do it prosper. Nine SEC schools adopted alcohol sales. Uh, Alabama was among a small group, including Georgia and Auburn, that did not sell alcohol in general seating areas last season. But uh, a lot of money to be made. Look, Texas, the first year they did it, they made a million bucks in beer sales. And uh, look, you want more revenue? Sell beer at your games. People are still bringing, people are finding a way to bring the alcohol in either way. They br- ever go to the bathroom at a football game in the SEC? There are flasks everywhere. People are getting it in. If you sell it in the stadium, you could make a profit off of it rather than having them smuggle their own alcohol in. All right, thank you guys again for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Coming up next, we're going to talk with Nick Roush from KSR to preview the Kentucky Wildcats football season. Look, we were just talking about alcohol sales coming to football, and you have to be responsible about it. If you're hanging out with some friends, putting back a few drinks, a few can become a few too many. As the evening comes to an end, People start to head out. You think of calling for a ride. Nah, you live by. You can make it home. Okay, it's no big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car. You kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still does not stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again this football season. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. There's Uber, there's Lyft, there's tons of other uh, options for you to take. Drive sober or get pulled over. Roll along here. It's been always fun to catch up with different guests. And right now, sitting down with a guy from Kentucky Sports Radio, KSR for short. He is Nick Roush, covering the Kentucky Wildcats. What's going on, man? Pleasure to be here, Chris. Excited. It's uh, I love this time of year. We get to actually talk football instead of, you know, 
nil or transfer portal or any of that other offseason gobbledygook? Well, let's be honest. I mean, at KSR, they're all looking at, you know, who, what's, who's the next big basketball recruit we can get. But football has, has improved. Like, the interest has oh, getting yeah. higher and higher the last few oh, years. Oh, I hopped on the coattails at the right time. <laughs> My uh, second season doing this was Stoops' first. Okay. So uh, it, it has it's been a steady climb. It's been an unusual climb. Um, he, he's he's won in ways that Kentucky football fans never expected, and that's not with some gimmick. It's we're just going to beat you up in the trenches, run the football, play good defense. <laughs> right. And and now he's two wins away uh, from becoming the winningest head coach in Kentucky football history and wow. surpassing Bra- Bear Bryant. That's crazy. I mean, I, I remember you know it wasn't too long ago where it was like. Everyone would get all excited for the season opener or the home opener. Mm-hmm. And then I think it was by Big Blue Madness. It was kind of, all right, on to basketball season. Football's done. Yeah. Now it's like you get this crossover where both are popular and everybody's going to uh, K. Roger Field. Is that what you call it? K- now? Yeah, the, yeah. The, the Krogue. Get over there to the Kroger Field and then, uh, and then of course, over to Rupp. And um, it, it's, it's, it's crazy how the passionate uh, basketball fan base has really come back over to football. Well, and, and I think for a lot of folks, it it awakens some of them. But there's also been, I mean, you were getting 65,000 people there regularly throughout the 90s. You know, where right. you just have a state that, that does like both sports. If you go out to a Friday night football game, you'll see a lot of football fans out there watching the high school sports. And in a state that's producing a lot more high school talent. That, that's, that's helped yeah. uh, Mark Stoops where, you know, uh, he didn't get Jedrick Wills. But, I mean, Kentucky, the state of Kentucky produced a three-year starting offensive tackle at Alabama. Uh, the talent in the state has improved marketably. Uh, um, Landon Young was a guy from right down the road who got drafted by the New Orleans Saints a couple of years ago. Uh, they got a guy they really like by the name of Jagger Burton, who he, 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 he'd start for about 80% of the teams in college football this year. He's a main offensive guard uh, in that rotation this year. And they got, there's another kid at Clemson right now from right down the street going to be starting on their offensive line. So this, the quality of player in the state of Kentucky has certainly helped Cats. When you write a headline for that, for the, the, piece on that kid is it going to be moves like jagger oh, oh there you yeah, go. those that was, puns that was too easy that was for free you. that was that was a free <laughs> one too i appreciate that chris what uh well levis i mean i know it was it, look you guys went through some rough years of quarterback play mm-hmm. and there was nothing against those kids like they they played their butts off they tried their damnedest i mean but it got so bad we had to throw lynn bowden out there to play yeah. quarterback yeah. will levis coming in expectations were he was gonna solidify that position what what was the reaction or, or what you saw to will levis last year the the thing about will levis is that initially there was some there was a little bit of hesitancy like is he is he actually this good and right. His first pass is a tip ball interception, and you're like, oh, okay. Of course, first <laughs> got pass, it, it is picked off. Uh, and he had a lot of those interceptions. He had some growing pains, but he worked through them. And a lot of it, he needed, he needed that longer leash. Uh, and Liam Cohen was happy to give it to him. He always liked to say that he was, he was Will's caddy. He just wanted to give him the right sticks, show him the, give, give him the range finder, and, and help him be at his best. And you saw him steadily improve throughout the year. It wasn't always the case with his deep ball. 
I think that's that's the the consistency in his deep ball is 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 one thing he has to show this year. He can throw it far, but it's that accuracy in, from long range, uh, and as well as his consistency. He started to get that in that LSU game. He played lights out in that LSU game, and the the reason why a lot of people, a lot of these NFL draft scouts, started noticing him is they were watching tape on Georgia. Yeah, and and they say, wait, this Kentucky guy, he's making some throws here, and they realize, okay, he has the tools. He just has to do it on a much more consistent basis. He has to be a better decision maker. You would have liked that to happen under a, a second year coordinator with Liam Cohen. Instead, it's going to be another quarterback, uh, former quarterback coach, Rich Scangarello. Right. That seems like a pretty seamless transition, but, you know, we, we got to wait to see what happens once they roll the ball out. And you never know. I mean, Liam Cohen brings over some NFL wrinkles, and they worked last year. But, I, you know, I talked to Will at the, the Manning Passing Academy, and, you know, he I asked him what he thought about Rich Scang- Scangarello, and he, he said he loves him. He said he mm-hmm. likes it. A lot of similarities, a few new things in this offense. And right. Look, we know if it's a stoop sled team, they're going to be dominant in the trenches. They're going to have a, a hog molly offensive line. They're yep. going to tote the rock. Chris Rodriguez is, is, a, is a beast back there. But, yeah, I mean, if you can get some some uh, bootleg playoff uh, play action passes and all that off of that, mm-hmm. um, it's just going to make Will well, Levis so much better. And, and the the thing of that, that made him endearing to Kentucky fans is Levis, they, they didn't want to do it all the time. But there were some games where it was just like, all right, you're, they're going to let you run the ball. Yeah. Just go run it. Um, he lowered his shoulder and knocked Blaze Aldridge on his back right. on third down. He had four rushing touchdowns against Louisville and was just throwing his L's down all over the place. <laughs> and he, he's willing to do whatever you ask of him. The biggest – you know, I mentioned earlier that they're, they've been a trench team. What Right now, Kentucky, you would say, you know what, Stoops has done a good job, but they've probably hit a plateau, right? They're probably a nine-win team. This is probably as good as it's going to get. The way that you get from nine wins, second or third best team in the East, to winning the East is having a quarterback like Will Levis. Right. They haven't had that yet. That's why expectations are so high in the Bluegrass this year. Yeah, it's, it's going to be fun to watch, and it's going to be fun to, uh, to see how they respond. Need to remind you about our friends over at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. You can find all your favorite sports and events at, and the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. It is BetOnline. Find reviews and news of every league. They got you covered from uh, the NFL. They got tons of preseason game lines if you're into the, uh, making a little interesting bets on that. They got golf. They got combat sports. They got everything BetOnline continues to be your top online resource for all your sports wagering information. I got tons of college football stuff coming in the next couple of weeks. Everything from Heisman odds, uh, odds to win the conferences, game lines are coming very soon as well. Head on over to Bet Online today. You can do so on your mobile device. Learn more about all the action happening today is Bet Online. It is where the game starts. Talk a little bit about the defense. You lose some pieces, mm-hmm. Yusuf Corker, some some big pieces out, but you get back some big pieces. Yes, yes. Like Square, DeAndre and, Square, DeAndre yeah. Square, yeah. Jacquez Jones, Jacquez Jones. So I mean, you get back some pieces. How good can this defense be? The linebackers are, I mean, as rock solid as you can get. Too deep. I mean, they they planned on having their two second string guys, Trevin Wallace, former. He, he's the guy who brought broke Lindsey Scott's high school track records in, in the state of Georgia. Top 100 athlete, uh, Auburn fires Gus Malzahn two days before signing day. And Kentucky's like, oh, thanks, Auburn boosters, you crazy SOBs. And so 
he's he's a backup. He could be he should be a starter this year, but they just have so much experience there. JJ Weaver is going to be an All SEC pass rusher. He can be Josh Allen good. Their linebackers are really really good. The two question marks. One on the defensive line. Josh Pascal did a lot for that team last year. Got a ton of tackles for loss. If there wasn't some guy named Will Anderson getting 100,000 of them, he would have gotten a lot more shine last year. <laughs> but this defensive line, when they signed uh, all three guys up front, they have four of them that will rotate in. All four of them, well, hell, and even a fifth one that transferred from Ohio State was the class of 2020. When they signed those guys, it was best defensive line recruiting classes in the country. Clemson, Kentucky, Alabama. They got to play now. They're all starting now. The, the expectations are very high, but they don't have a ton of run. They have to grow up really quickly. They have to play like adults and not like kids. The other question is in the secondary. Kentucky's past defense went from first in the league to eighth. They, they had a real big drop-off. They had a couple guys drafted who were playing in the NFL last year. Carrington Valentine got picked on quite a bit as a redshirt freshman starter last year. The, I think the hot take I have about this defense is he's actually going to be good, even though a lot of fans were kind of rolling their eyes at him last year. Right. He isn't the, the caliber of recruit, but he's played a lot of football. Brad White, the defense coordinator, really likes the way he's grown. If that experience if experience is worth anything, then, then that, that should answer some questions, Mark, they have in the secondary this year. What about receiver? I know you lose a couple uh, guys. Josh Ali felt like he was there for – 25 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dane Key is a name that kind of jumped out. Yes. That's why he's coming as a freshman. And Tavion Robinson, I think, is the easy. You lose Wandale, you get Tavion for, from Virginia Tech. But right. How good could this receiving court be? The, the big thing, Chris, is that they don't have as good of a one player, but Will Levis should have six more players that he can count on to throw to. Kentucky has recruited their weakness very well. In the last three recruiting classes, they've signed five top 100 receivers. Uh, not only Dane Key, who scored a touchdown in the spring game, he's your big body type, but Barry and Brown was a top 100 slot receiver. It was Kentucky, Alabama, Ole Miss from Nashville, Pearl Crone, our all-state track athlete. Uh, I had one assistant tell me, you see Wandale out there against Georgia, and he looked average speed? we got to get a team full of Wandales just to be able to keep up. And they have. Uh, they got another kid. Jordan Anthony's going to show up late to camp because he's in the World Track Championships. He wow. was a national champion in the under-20 track and field. They've really, really focused on getting faster on the edges. But they're younger. That, that's the one caveat. And the way I think you can shore it up is they have four really good tight ends. And Keaton Upshaw is returning from an injury. If he is a dog then he's going to be picked in, like, the fourth round of the NFL draft. I mean, he's 6'7", 260. Like, the dude is a certified monster. If he can play like the certified monster, if he can reach that potential. They also got a four-star kid, Jordan Dingle, who is just a redshirt. He's just in his second season, redshirt freshman. He can be really talented as well. So I'm curious how they do use those tight ends because the 49ers, they love love their fullbacks and their tight ends and all that stuff. So if you do have some of that inexperienced receiver, you can can roll out a few more uh, big hog mollies there uh, at H-back. What uh, when you look at the schedule, what what game concerns you most? And and look, you get Georgia, but later in the year, so maybe that's a good spot. Maybe mm-hmm. Georgia's already mm-hmm. lost a game mm-hmm. or two, and maybe that's mm-hmm. you're playing for the SEC East Could on the line something. right there. The week two game at Florida scares the hell out of me if I'm a Kentucky fan because you know the battles you've had with those guys. The past few years, you should be on like a four game win streak against them. They've gotten yeah, your yeah, number a couple times where it felt like you should have beat them. That's true. Um, 
that to me seems like the scariest spot because well, it's week two going to the swamp. Yes, the one thing that I do take a little bit of solace in is that typically where Florida is scary is having just first-round draft picks on defensive line or offensive line, and they don't have that this year. You have uh, Anthony Richardson who just has great – he's kind of like Levis in that he has these this great athleticism, these great tools, but you want to see more from him. I like that they open with Utah at home. Utah, they're not they're not so different than Kentucky. They're just going to run it down your throat, run it down your throat, hit you, hit you, hit you. And I'm hoping that there's a little bit of, oh, God, we got to go through this again. And then Kentucky <laughs> just steamrolls it. The one game that, that worries me, I don't want to say worry, it, it's the Kentucky fan in me. Mm-hmm. Kentucky's two – they had two 10-win seasons uh, since, what, 1951 or something like that? Mm. Stoops has two in the last four years. Those are 11-win seasons in New Year's Six games if they just beat Tennessee. Yeah. And in 2018, that was a horrible Tennessee team. They still got their number. Uh, that was at Neyland Stadium. Last year, their pick six, I mean, that, that game, it was back and forth the entire time. But yep. Will Levis, that's one, one bad throw. Alante Taylor jumps at pick six. That's the difference in the game. That, that, that could be the SEC's championship. You know, I mean, we we don't know right now, but that that one just as a Kentucky fan that's been jaded year after year after year, I feel a little bit more comfortable about that Florida game, uh, knowing that there is a bit more of a rebuild. But the way that Tennessee can just go fast and they can make big plays in a hurry, even if you feel comfortable for a little while at Neon Stadium, no lead is comfortable against Josh Heupel's offense. My wife, full disclosure, my wife is a Kentucky grad. She hates Neyland Stadium. Oh, yeah. And I think, As she I think her one time she went, there's moon pies were thrown at her, and mm. she said they played Rocky Top nonstop. I'm like, yes, oh, that's gosh. what they do. I, I like Rocky Top. She hates it. So, you know. So, in, in Rocky Top is actually, like, if, if – Removing fanhood, not a bad song. <laughs> but when it's the fourth quarter and you just hear, woo! I would play it, but copyrights, you know. Right, right, yeah, the copyrights. <laughs> Thank you, copyrights. Let our, let our listeners know, obviously, uh, KSR, everybody knows what it is, but uh, what, what do you got working on? I mean, full season previews and all that leading up to the start of the season? Definitely, definitely. Uh, I have a long feature coming out on Tayshawn Manning, who seems like Kentucky – the, the big C word's been in that locker room for a while, but Tayshaun Manning's six years removed from beating leukemia, and now he's the biggest barrel. Dude, he doesn't fit in roller coasters. Like, they just aren't made for men his size. <laughs> he could be the next uh, big guy on the big blue wall that ends up getting his name called the NFL Draft, former Auburn transfer. Uh, but we'll have a lot cooking up. We've got a lot of different podcasts if you want to look out there. Um, videos, you name it. We got it. We're, we're, we're excited in the big blue nation, really ready for um, – a Kentucky football season unlike any other. Expectations aren't usually this high. Right. They're really, it's weird. They're really <laughs> high in Kentucky. Outside of it, it's uh, South Carolina. They're God's gift of football. So, you know, we'll see. I love your Kentucky pronunciation of the word high. High. Oh, yeah. You, Matt Jones, you've all got it. Oh, you know, and uh, I mean. have never been this high. I, I'm even the city guy. I'm the city boy from Louisville, <laughs> and I still got myself a little accent there. Louisville. Well, tell all those guys, uh, you know, that to, to keep uh, up their shenanigans, Ryan Lemon and Matt Jones and all those guys. And uh, we'll look do. forward to hearing you on KSR very soon. Nick Roush, thanks so much uh, for no joining problem, us, man. Chris. Appreciate it. Thank you guys again for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. A quick reminder, the ultimate college football preview is here. A seven-episode preview with college experts, local team experts, and Odyssey football, college football insiders. It's everything you need to be ready for the college football season in one spot. Search for Ultimate College Football Preview on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. That is going to do it for this edition of Locked on SEC. My thanks again to 
Uh, Nick Roush from KSR for joining us to talk all things Kentucky Wildcats. Uh, thank you again for making us your first listen every day. Now you can go make your second listen. Check, check out some of our other great uh, podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network covering all your favorite schools around the SEC, whether it's Auburn, whether it's Alabama, Georgia, Florida, whoever it is, search Locked On and whatever your favorite school is, and you will find us wherever you find your podcast. I'm Chris Gordy. This has been Locked On SEC. We'll be back tomorrow. We're here with you five days a week. Talking all things SEC football, getting you guys ready for the start of yet another SEC football season. Talk to you guys tomorrow. Have a great day, everybody.